Welcome back to Glitchcast, episode number 60. This week, we are talking about Velvet Buzzsaw, which uh, is a Netflix movie, premiered at Sundance, uh, released on Netflix uh, on Friday, February 1st, from Dan Gilroy, uh, the Nightcrawler director, starring Jake Gyllenhaal and a bunch of other people. Uh, Heck of a name for uh, for this movie. Heck of a band name, too. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Um, um, great, great, just a great name. Yeah, uh, it, and we'll get, we'll get to the names of the characters as well, which I think is probably my favorite aspect of the movie, but we'll talk about that. A nice review for you there. But first, movie news. We got a few DC-related news stories right here. So, The Batman, which is the upcoming Batman solo movie from Matt Reeves, who is the director of the Planet of the Apes movies, um, is going to, <laughs> headline says, fly in summer 2021. <laughs> Uh, and Ben Affleck is officially not doing it. Um, it says that he's passing the torch to the next generation, so they want a young Batman for this. Um, I don't know if that means that like it's going to be an old like Bruce Wayne Ben Affleck like teaching someone, but mm. I don't think that's what it is. I think he's just completely getting knocked out, and they're just acting like yeah. that shit didn't happen. We've um, heard from numerous random sources that he wants out. Like It's just not turning out what he thought it would be. I thought he was, like, into it and okay during the Man of Steel days, but, like, I I just think he lost interest by Justice League, and now, you know, with his alcoholism and stuff like that, he just wants out. Well, he was originally supposed to direct this. He was supposed to write and direct this, and then he stepped away from doing that, and he's like, I'll star in it, and now it's just sort of turned into this. So, I guess a younger... I'm interested in what they mean by younger. Do they mean, like, oh, he's going to be, like, 35 instead of 45, or is he going to be, like, a 20-year-old? Yeah, I feel like they've already got the whole Gotham thing for really young Batman, like I don't like a really oh, young yeah. Bruce Wayne. So, I don't know if they'd go super young, like young adult. Yeah, give me late 20s, early 30s Batman, you know, some, something that's not that 45-year-old playboy mm-hmm. Bruce Wayne. I'm very interested in it. Uh, apparently, this this one is supposed to be kind of like more of a noir and like a mm-hmm. detective kind of story because they really want to key in on that aspect of Batman instead of, you know. It, it kind of sucks because I do think like what they were doing with Ben Affleck's Batman was kind of cool. Like to see like an old grizzled Batman yeah. who's just been kind of broken. Like he definitely was killing people, which For yeah, sure. that is like antithetical to what whatever Batman does. But like you could understand it based on like what they were showing. It's just like they never like gave it a chance, which is just, you know, us shitting on DC because they deserve it. But, and I think people did like his Batman. And I think a good mix was, yes, let's get a new Batman in there. He clearly wants out, but get him to cameo or, or get, you know, the first half hour of the movies, him kind of passing the torch over. I, I think that'd be a good mix. Yeah. Um, Suicide squad. Actually, this is go- the second Suicide Squad movie, which is going to be called The Suicide Squad, I guess. Interesting. Yep. Um, is also going to hit theaters in 2021. That's going to be in August, officially. And James Gunn, who wrote and directed the Guardians of the Galaxy movies and then was fired because of some old tweets and jokes that he made, uh, is going to be writing and directing this. Um, that was after, basically, DC offered him anything that he wanted. They offered him Superman, a bunch of other stuff. He kind of, like, thought about it, but he decided on Suicide Squad, so that's what he's going to do. It sounds like maybe it, that also is going to be, like, kind of like a reboot. They're just going to get new actors. I imagine, like, obviously, Margot Robbie would be back, probably Will Smith, maybe, but other than that, it doesn't sound like... That is just so weird to me. Like, it's been, what, three years and they're going to reboot, redo it with some of the same characters. It really is asking the audience to just forget about that trash, 
and just suspend your disbelief and give us another shot. Like, usually with a reboot or a remake, time has passed, people have forgotten, a new generation is ready, and it's a, a whole fresh take, but this is just weird. Well, I mean, they're having two different Joker movies come out, so, with two different actors, so, you know. Everything's so messy. The timelines are broken. Uh, you know, I don't know which movie connects into which anymore. It's it's just broken. I. But are you excited about this, James Gunn? I don't know. I mean, maybe g- give him an R rating, and I'll be excited. Yes, I can. I can get on board with that. Um, I was not the biggest fan of Guardians two. Um, but were you a huge fan of Scooby Doo? Of course. I was. Okay, got it. Of course, especially the second one, Mystery Island, or whatever oh the hell it's called, and with the with the creepy Scrappy Doo, it was just like veins don't, don't talk to arms. me like I have any idea what you're talking about. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't watch those movies. Um, didn't we make a bet where it was like you were gonna have to watch that? Yeah, we were gonna do a really old movie rewatch of like movies we think are underappreciated. Oh yeah, and I chose um, Speed Racer by the Wachowski siblings. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Got to be careful with what I say there. Yeah, I don't even know. Now they're they sisters, now. I believe, um, really? because it you know it's it's got a cult following, and you chose Scooby Doo, and I'm like, <laughs> yeah, I, I can't do this. Never mind. <laughs> but you actually watched Speed Racer, and I never watched Scooby Doo, and we just debated. I didn't watch Speed, Speed Racer. Oh, you didn't watch it? Oh, okay. I think I was going to, and then we decided we were just weren't going to do it. So yeah. I was like, no, I'm not going to. Um, but yeah, so that's 2021. So I guess you know we got. Got a lot of lot of stuff going for uh, the DC universe here in the next 2020, 2021 years. Uh, also, DC, a DC Super Pets movie is coming in 2021 as well. So, w- apparently, they heard us how we want different genres mashed up with superhero movies. This is not what I meant. Uh, you didn't Anyone mean wor- the Airbud universe <laughs> mixed with DCU, EU? <laughs> Anyone working at DC listen to this? This is not what I meant. <laughs> oh my god! I, if Airbud doesn't join this universe, I'm out. That would be incredible. Yeah, he's like Air- <laughs> he just pops in to save the day by sh- shooting hoops. Uh, okay, now, so what is this? Is this like not a cartoon? Like these are actual superheroes, pets doing stuff. I need to look it up a little bit more. Let us remind you, Glitchcast is not your source of people who have read comic books their entire lives and provide that spin on this news. We have not read comics our entire lives. We're more of the movie people, so tell me, what what is going on here? Super pets? Okay, um... The early days of DC's Legion of Superheroes strip were particularly whimsical, uh, even by mid-century comic book standards... And, um... Just okay. frantically checking Wikipedia. What? Yeah, what? <laughs> uh, in the 20... Made perfect sense. Uh, something in the 20th century, an alien race decides for reasons that make little sense to bring members of the Legion from the 30th century to the present day in order to possess them to fight. The teenage version of Superman discovered that aliens can't possess animals. So Superboy and the no longer possessed Legionnaires gather together a handful of superpowered pets, including Crypto the Superdog, Beppo the Super Monkey, Streaky the Super Cat, and Comet the Super Horse to save the day. Dude, Super Horse? That sounds awesome. <laughs> uh, apparently the group of pets would go on to star in a number of other Legion of Superhero stories, having apparently found an audience. I, I can't imagine this will be live action. It'll have to be, you know, Funimation, DreamWorks style animation, right? Yeah, I think so. Um, I'm actually all into this now that I just read that. It sounds hilarious. Also, there's a... Oh, my God, that looks hilarious. Tweet it. I, I can't wait for this. Okay. Um, yeah, so I guess that's that's the thing that's happening. DC, just 
continuing to throw continue to knock it out of the, the park. wall and see what sticks. Um, former DC mastermind Zack Snyder, uh, who stepped away in the middle of filming Justice League, I believe, uh, is returning to movies finally. Finally, I don't really care. Uh, with a zombie action pick called Army of the Dead, two things on the dead in the early 2000s that's apparently pretty good. Um, that was sort of like what made him big. Two, another zombie movie with the dead at the end of it. Also, like, why is it like every single zombie movie has to have the dead in it? You know, I googled Dawn of the Dead to make sure it was the one that I liked, and it was. Uh, that is actually a pretty good movie. Ving Rhames, a uh, couple... Th- at one point, there's a baby zombie. I think it's the mm-hmm. first one to do that. That was a pretty good flick. Um, it sounded like a mall. But yeah. Yeah, it was. But just adding of the dead after things, we're really still doing that? I, I feel I like guess. we'll get a title change before this comes out. Uh, so this is going to be on Netflix. Uh, Snyder came up with the story. Adventure is set amid a zombie outbreak in Las Vegas, uh, during which a man assembles a group of mercenaries to take the ultimate gamble, venturing into the quarantine zone to pull off the greatest heist ever attempted. All right. I like that. That sounds Wait, bad shit. They're doing a heist? Yeah. A heist in a zombie apocalypse. Okay. All right. Um, I think we're pretty zombied out here, but uh, yeah. you know, Snyder definitely has a visual eye and... Other stuff to him <laughs> besides that, I think. Um, but yeah, we'll, we'll see. We'll see what this ends up as. It sounds interesting. I'll take the mishmash of genres. Uh, Taylor Sheridan, who directed Wind River, wrote Wind River, wrote Sicario, wrote Hell or High Water, um, is going to direct the thriller Those Who Wish Me Dead, which is going to be about a teen in a witness protection program hiding out from a pair of killers while a fire engulfs Montana. Uh, Taylor Sheridan had a film with Chris Pratt that was uh, talked about. Um, apparently that is now on the back burner. Angelina Jolie is going to be in this movie. I haven't seen her in a while. What's she been up to? Divorcing Brad Pitt? Yeah, I don't <laughs> I don't know. I. She has not appeared on the big screen since 2015's By the Sea, which was with Brad Pitt, uh, which was about like a struggling, abusive relationship, so that makes sense. Uh, next star is in Maleficent 2. Jesus. So this sounds pretty cool. Like it sounds like the fire is going to draw this person out and they're going to have to, you know, try and remain hidden from this group of killers. We loved Wind River. The tension that that guy can build, the shots that he has, these wide angle shots of beautiful landscape. Like I think I'm excited for this. Yeah. uh, Anything that Taylor Sheridan does, I love. I haven't watched Yellowstone yet. I caught like a random episode that a friend was watching one time and kind of liked it seemed like something yeah. that i you know it was a random episode in the middle of the series so i had no idea what was going on but you know anything he does i like it and i'm not like the biggest fan of like westerns but yeah. his movies kind of all have like this like slightly western feel to it but modernized and like i love him for some reason so he's clearly doing something right i'm right there with you Idris Elba is going to star in a supernatural thriller called Deeper. Uh, he is going to play a disgraced former astronaut uh, turned deep sea diver who explores a newly discovered trench, soon finding himself confronted by a sinister and dangerous force. It seems like this movie has just been listening to our podcast and us talking about what we think is scarier, space or space. I'm sorry, space space or the deep sea. And they just make they're like, What if he was an astronaut but switched to deep sea and we get both of those like this is the perfect horror movie for you and me. This this is all I've ever wanted. Um apparently like, Bradley this could Co- actually be terrifying. Yeah, apparently Bradley Cooper uh, was a Bradley Cooper and Gal Gadot were originally attached to star. 
uh, a few years ago, but then they obviously fell off. Um, the dude that directed Everest and Adrift uh, is directing this, so mm. that's not exactly, you know. The what do you think best. the Sinister and Dangerous Force is? Is it going to be, be his like a... mental self as he goes further and further down? Is it going to be a monster? Is it going to be I bet it's a the elements? I bet it's a monster. I would be so happy if it was a monster. Yeah. yeah. Supernatural thriller, huh? Yeah. Uh, Ooh, a ghost it, monster. A ghost s- fish. <laughs> scripted by Max Landis, who wrote Chronicle. Um, okay. And has also contributed a lot of other bad scripts around Yeah, I've heard his Hollywood. name in a, bi- a bad light, if it's ringing he, a bell correctly. Yeah, he's John Landis's son. John Landis, who's famous for, like, Animal House and mm. all that kind of stuff. Um, and he he's, like, a kind of guy that has, like, these really, like, cool high-level ideas that sound like a cool, like, mishmash of, like, certain genres and stuff. And then basically any time, like, it's executed, it's kind of bad. So, I don't know. I, I guess we'll see. The fact that it's been sort of in development hell doesn't really bode well, but I don't know. Maybe, maybe they've worked it out. Um, next up, Woody Harrelson is going to star in a comedy drama called Fruit Loops. This is about a group of mental patients who band together when their hospital suddenly closes. Harrelson will play Colonel Leonard F. Cubby, who suffers from severe PTSD from his tours in Vietnam. I don't have much to say about this. I just thought, like, his name sounded funny. I love the title, and I'm just going to imagine him as his cameo in Venmo in this movie. Venmo. Venom. <laughs> I got Super Bowl on the mind where everybody was Venmoing. <laughs> uh, I'm just going to imagine him with that terrible wig, and, and just he's just going to be in them, in this movie using that costume. I still haven't seen what he looked like. Oh, God. I still Austin, haven't seen so the, bad. I haven't seen it yet. I'll have, to, I'll have to just, right after we're done recording, skip to the after credits scene. No, okay. just watch it again. I rewatched it. It's totally rewatchable. Real? Oh, I bet it was. Yeah, it was great. That. It's just so dumb. Uh, Aaron Sorkin's Chicago 7, which is based on the trial of the Chicago 7 about uh, some protesters at the Democratic Convention in the 60s, uh, which had already grabbed Eddie Redmayne and Sasha Baron Cohen, has gotten a full cast here and is actually like officially going through after it had been kind of shelved for like two Mm. months um joseph gordon levitt and seth rogan are also joining the cast as well as some other guys i don't know who they are 50 50 reunion yeah um so sorkin's gonna be directing this i i'm not sure if sorkin's directed anything else um Sorkin's oh, the no. newsroom guy, right? Oh, yeah. He directed Molly's Game. I forgot about that. Oh, yeah. Um, I love his direction style. I love like how how quick the dialogue is and things oh, that, yeah. he, he's, that he directs. He's the master at that. He's an outstanding writer. Um, and I, I this fact that this is probably going to be kind of like a like a courtroom kind of setting thing, I think yeah. will work pretty well. I mean, he wrote A Few Good Men, so well, and that's like the most famous courtroom scenes in yep. the history of film. So, um I'm, I'm excited for this. Especially Seth Rogen and Joseph Gordon-Levitt. Joseph Gordon-Levitt hasn't really been in anything in a while. And set in Chicago. Love it. Oh, yeah. uh, Netflix is going to acquire the Zac Efron, Ted Bundy movie, Extremely Wicked, Shockingly Evil, and Vile. Uh, Netflix already has the Ted Bundy tapes, I think they're called, which is sort of like a short docuseries about Ted Bundy, actually directed by the same guy that made the Zac Efron movie. Uh, 
apparently they are planning sort of like an awards season release for this. So they'll probably do mm. something similar to what they did with like Roma and Bird Box, where they put it on the streaming service in like November or December, but give it like two weeks in theaters before it's released on the service. I got to say, I'm loving these big releases continuing to kind of just get scooped up by Netflix. Like this is probably one that we would release or we, we would review anyway. And uh, boy, not having to leave the, the house in this cold ass January, February month in <laughs> Chicago was really nice when we're, uh, you know, chatting about Velvet Buzzsaw later. So I'm, I'm happy about this. Yeah, I like it. And uh, this is a movie that's sort of been on my radar for a while. And so I'm, yeah. I'm pretty, the, even though the trailer kind of gave me a weird vibe, I'm still pretty excited to watch it. And if it means Zac Efron in like best actor discussion for playing a serial killer, <laughs> hell yeah. All about oh, it. God, I love it. Oh, how wicked, evil, and vile. <laughs> uh, that's it for movie news one TV news story Stephen King's The Stand finally gets a series order at CBS All Access I'll defer to you The Stand, one of my favorite books of all time post-apocalyptic thriller a ton of characters kind of a la like Lost uh, tons of character development different setting settings uh, It'll be. I've always really really been interested in a new uh, production company picking this up There's. it's been in development hell forever um, Fox, I think, had it. FX had it. HBO had it. Like it's gone everywhere. At one point, Josh Boone had it, and mm, he's yeah. the guy. Didn't he? Didn't he write all those? Like he wrote like one or two of those really bad romantic movies. Faults in Our Stars or something. Faults in Our Stars, one, another one. It. But like, I was totally like, why does he have the rights to this? But then I read an interview, and apparently he's this massive Stephen King fan, and it was in really good hands, and now it's out of his hands, and now it lands on CBS, which like is kind of a bummer. Like I really want HBO, but. At the same time, we'll talk about the um, that that trailer for Jordan Peele's Twilight Zone in a second here, and that was mm-hmm. pretty good. So let's see if CBS can do this right. I'm really excited that this is getting any sort of uh, traction. Yeah, uh, so that's it for news this week. Uh, let's talk some trailers. So obviously the Super Bowl was on Sunday, uh, which brought about a bunch of different ads and little TV spots for movies and stuff. Um Actually, we only have like really like three or four of those. Um, it wasn't really that great commercial wise. It wasn't. Wise. I was waiting for the last, or the last Jedi. Yeah, the last Jedi two. Um, I was waiting for the next Star Wars or something. Maybe Mandalorian teaser or something to drop, but nothing did. Um, that's still too far away. But uh, we apparently I saw a rumor that we might be getting the Star Wars Episode Nine uh, title today. Oh, really? Which kind of sucks because we're recording right now, so we, ah, but, we can't uh, react to it. Yeah. <laughs> you guys will have to wait a week for that. Uh, all right, but first up, uh, Fast and Furious presents Hobbs and Shaw. First official trailer release. This was like a three-minute trailer also. <laughs> yeah. It was so long. Uh, but this is the Jason Statham rock uh, crossover event here. Uh, Fast and Furious spinoff. Starring Idris Elbra as a dude, dude named Brixton um, as the as the villain in this, who apparently has, like, superpowers. Um, it's like a super this, suit. This, but wait, no, they, like, go into his spine, too. Yeah. I, I don't know. This movie looks absolutely bonkers. It's just following the trend of oh, this You stole bonkers? Shit. I was going to say I was gonna say the one bonkers of the episode, <laughs> since apparently we say bonkers too much. God damn it. <laughs> <laughs> this is just following the trend of Fast and Furious movies, just getting more and more ridiculous. Uh, and this just feels like probably it's going to be on par with like the last one. There was like a nuclear submarine like shooting across a frozen ocean. I have no idea. Um, I 
can't wait for this movie and i think it's gonna be amazing I, I every reddit thread that i see where they talk about fast and furious the top rated comment is always remember when this series was about street racing and stealing dvd players from the back of a truck and like that was the mission and the big thing they were doing now they're driving tanks through ice they're or submarines through ice they're jumping tanks off highways you know we've often said that number 10 is going to space i'm assuming number nine will go like deep underwater racing or something mm-hmm. uh and you got this one people jumping off skyscrapers fighting people as they fall like it looks so friggin stupid but of course we're gonna be there and it's gonna be awesome and the the chemistry between the rock and jason statham is so good too they play off each other so well, and their characters are really funny together. And But at the same time, there were a couple of really cringe lines where they both are like, no way, I won't work with him. This guy's a total a-hole. And they like said it at the same time. And I'm like, Jesus Christ, this is going to be bad good. Oh, I see. I think that shit's hilarious. I'm actually less hyped after this trailer. It was what? actually, a, I think it's a, it was a really poorly cut trailer. What? Um, yeah, horribly edited. But oh still, my God, still excited no for it. Way. And Idris Elba is one of my favorite actors. Was really excited to see him as a villain. Still hyped for it, but I just thought this was a terrible trailer. This trailer is better than the Godzilla trailer. No, you get the hell off this pocket. <laughs> it seemed like every five seconds it did that thing where it's like it would cut and then it'd be like, and then it would like hype up the next big scene that was happening on screen. The first minute and a half. The yeah. first minute and a half was like jokey, and then the second minute and a half was like that, where they're like yeah, trying to. Yeah, I like, like the whole sequences. like why can't we be friends mm-hmm. and that sort of chemistry. But then at like the final tr- yeah. minute and a half was like big action, like, just end. It, yeah, it was like they took two different trailers and put them together. Yeah, which just comes back to my being bewildered at the fact that it's three minutes long. Um, but that, I think yeah, it was like three twenty. It's it yeah. was a really long trailer. Yeah, um, but they but they also showed like a shorter version during the Super Bowl that was a minute long. So I mm. imagine like they you know just expanded on it for the full one. Um, that's this summer though. Uh, Avengers Endgame had a TV spot which was thirty seconds. This actually showed like entirely new footage. Um, was much darker, I'd even say, than yeah. the la- than the, the actual very, trailer. And, very leftovers and, tone. Yeah, very leftovers y. Um and uh I mean it got it got me even more hyped. I like I I'm pumped for the dark tone. Yeah, I had I actually hosted a, a Super Bowl party. Um I've got a projector upstairs in one of my rooms and can see it about ten. And everybody's loud talking, yelling, drinking, and it was funny when this came on, I was like, Hold on. This is going to be something good. I got everybody shut and everybody shut up and was just like super hyped afterwards. Um, so yeah, it got me really hyped. You got some cool footage of people kind of, you get Nebula and Tony Stark kind of looking like they're building stuff. Some really mm-hmm. cool, um, just really quick snapshots of, of the people who are still alive. So yeah, got me really hyped. Thor finding Thanos's farm. Um, yeah. Captain, uh, in like a support group for yeah people. like aa <laughs> like, but then you later see him strapping on his uh shield and he just like straps it on like he's so mad yeah. just ready to kick ass yeah uh yeah. there's also people that have kind of dissected it a little bit i'm not gonna get too into it i try not to read about it as much but i saw it on twitter how there's a couple shots when it's like a group of them and you can tell that they definitely like cgi'd someone out of like the lineup of the group of people nice um, because there's like a noticeable weird space which people are probably like oh it's probably captain marvel or something um but uh but yeah no hype level even higher now um do you think we're done watching these trailers now like are you and me gonna stop 
We should be. I don't think they're going to reveal any more footage or any spoilers or anything in any uh, more trailers that they release. Yeah. But I, I'm going to stop anyways. Yeah, I mean, this is going to be, like, the biggest movie release of all time. Like, yeah. it's going to top Star Wars. It's going to top everything that has come before it. So kind of want to go in as fresh as I can get now. Yeah. Um, although uh, Kevin Feige did say that any of the footage and trailers is only going to be from the first 20 minutes of the movie. I don't know how true that is wow. or, like, if they're throwing in, like, also fake-out stuff from later in the movie as well. But, um, I mean, that could be the case. So we're not going to watch it, but feel free if you want to. Um, next up. The Wedding Guest. Uh, this is a movie starring Dev Patel of uh, Slumdog Millionaire Slumdog Newsroom. Slumdog Millionaire Newsroom. Uh, Lion. Uh, Lion, yeah. Uh, fame. He uh, is in this, and he's sort of like a. I don't even know what you would call him. He he basically goes and kidnaps this woman from her wedding, um, but she like want didn't want to get married. Um, like an arranged marriage, them, probably them with on a the bad run, dude. Yeah. yeah, and he seems like he maybe got hired to get her out of there. Mm-hmm. Uh, Dev Patel continuing to kind of break out of the as as the, the nerdy Indian dude, kind of becoming a little badass. Um, yeah, look, looks looks okay. Yeah, this is uh, I I. I was a little worried. Like when the when the trailer started, I was like, "Oh, we're just gonna delete this and not talk about it." But then as it went out, I was like, I, "I'm kind of like interested. I'm intrigued. It feels like a movie that like isn't gonna get a lot of recognition, and like will be a movie that like we watch like streaming, yeah, like randomly, and then just talk about it, like what you're watching or something." But it feels like a movie that like is at least gonna be somewhat like entertaining. Yeah, it'll, it'll get like an 87 Rotten Tomatoes, yeah. make some waves, but not sell a lot or anything. But yeah, yeah it looks pretty good. Uh, next up is another one that kind of meshes with that same sentiment a vigilante uh this stars olivia wilde i truly couldn't really tell you what this movie is about based on the trailer but it basically seems like someone did her wrong and now she's like out to fuck people up yeah olivia wilde i was interested immediately hooked she's uh in my top five uh women that sarah wouldn't be very happy if they came around the house um she fine uh but she looked very like she, it was almost like that Nicole Kidman movie that's coming out soon, where she's just like unrecognizable and a badass. And you know, we watched the trailer for it a little while back. Yeah, I know you're t- you're talking about uh, the movie Destroyer, but like she like she didn't like have her face changed or anything. Yeah, but it's it's unlike anything she's really done. Yeah, um, she's just clearly gonna kick some ass. Yeah. Yeah, it's basically like her like working out half the trailer and then like yeah. beating the shit out of people the other half. But it has it doesn't feel like it's like like some sort of like Liam Neeson style kind of thing, which oh my god, maybe we should talk about Liam Neeson in this podcast and the stuff that he's Let's said this leave week. that for next week cuz I haven't <laughs> even read it. I saw the headline and I'm like, I'm not getting into this right now. <laughs> um, but it's not like some sort of like Liam Neeson kind of like weird revenge porn kind of thing. It feels like a very dark and gritty kind of thing. Um, yeah. I think it premiered at South by Southwest last year, and it's at a hundred percent on Rotten Tomatoes right now. With like, I wow. mean, only like ten reviews, but basically everyone's saying like this is easily like the best thing Olivia Wilde's ever done, and like she really kills it, and it's like dark and pretty awesome. Yeah, so looks like a movie good. I'll see once and not want to watch again. Yeah. Uh, next up, uh, let's finish. Okay, so we'll finish up with some uh, Super Bowl stuff here. So scary stories to tell in the dark. Um, this is the, uh, adaptation of the, the, the kids scary book, um, produced by Guillermo del Toro. Um, 
This had four different, like, 10 to 15 second clips shown uh, on the night of the Super Bowl, basically showcasing, like, each of, like, the horrors that pop up in the book and are going to pop up in the movie. Um, Didn't really get a lot, obviously. Can't get much from 15 seconds, but I think it did a good job of sort of conveying the tone of the movie and sort of, like, what style of horror we're going to see, as well as give some people some refreshments on what happened in the book or like the the horrors that they saw in the yeah book. it was a good way to jog your memory on like oh my god i totally remember this image in the library in mm-hmm. eighth grade this image haunted my dreams um did you see every single one of them i like went out of way my yes. way to make sure i saw them all yeah yeah i think the scariest one was that that like bubbly huge woman in the hospital hallway yeah it was that was oh, weird that creeped me out man I didn't um, understand what that was. Uh, the uh, the spider in the pimple oh, or in the face God, that was so gross. gross. That was like that wasn't even like scary. That was just like disgusting. That was the one that I believe aired in the Super Bowl. That's the one yes. I saw. I didn't see any other ones during the Super Bowl. Oh, okay, I searched them out. Did they do a couple? I think they did. They might have only shown two, but I maybe Got not. It. I don't know because I saw one on Twitter before the Super Bowl, and then one popped up during the Super Bowl. And then I was, like, kind of bouncing around because the Super Bowl was so boring and the commercials weren't really grabbing me, so, like, mm-hmm. I wasn't paying full attention. But, that I mean, that might have been the only one. Um, yeah, uh, all of them were got me really hyped, and I just cannot wait for a, a full trailer. Um, but this is a movie, correct? Yeah, this is a movie. Is it going to be, like, five different stories, or is this going to be everything kind of intersecting? I, well, I think I think everything's intersecting. I think it's basically, like, the town has a bunch of, like, these urban legends, like, folklore things. Love it, and, love like, it, it, love shit it. starts happening, and, like, these high school students investigate it or something. So um, hyped. So hyped. Yeah, so that's in August this year. Uh, what we do in the shadows? Season 1 trailer, full trailer. We've gotten a couple teasers. Uh, this is going to be on FX. This is a spinoff of the movie What We Do in the Shadows, which was made by Taika Waititi, uh, who directed Thor Ragnarok. The teasers, I thought, were terrible. This, yeah. I thought, made it look hilarious. Yeah, it, it looks just like more of the movie, you know? Um, mm-hmm. Not with everybody back, but it still has that vibe, that... Um, Kiwi humor Kiwi that just way. like just cringy but funny and you know not la- like not like belly laugh extravagant funny just outrageous but just like funny mm-hmm. uh, I don't know I chuckled and it looks like more of the movie so I'm super hyped we've been talking about this and the sideshow werewolves we don't know if that's happening you had last year you had Paranor- Wellington Paranormal which is a spinoff of what we do in the shadows so it's crazy how much attention that little uh, movie is getting and I- we'll definitely be watching this I think yeah I know it is it is kind of insane um and then the last thing here is for the Twilight Zone sort of reboot um, from Jordan Peele, actually. This is going to be on CBS All Access. We got a short little trailer during the Super Bowl, which wasn't really a trailer. It was more like him walking through the Mercedes-Benz Stadium, which was empty, and then like walking through a door, and then the Twilight Zone theme playing, and then seeing the logo of it. Um, I mean, it, it didn't really give us much, but I'm excited to watch this because it has an absolutely insane cast attached to it uh, for all the different stories they're going to be doing. Um, but the fact that it's on CBS All Access just irks me like none other. Yeah, I'll say it didn't give a lot away. It did get me hyped, though, and it, it was a good teaser because it shut everybody in my room up. Um, you know, it got people's attention. I imagine this is on a lot more people's radars now. It started looking like you were just cutting back to the Super Bowl, then all of a sudden it was this dude walking through an empty stadium talking some mad shit. Some people was like, what is this, the Matrix? Like some dude in a suit? And it, like, But yeah, it got people's attention, and uh, I'm hyped for it. I just, CBS, 
I just hate CBS. Yeah, um, I don't even like know how many people even subscribe to CBS. Like four Star Trek fans subscribe to CBS All Access. People our age, no, no. So that is it for trailers this week. Let's get to a little bit of what you're watching, and we'll start out like we have the past few weeks with True Detective episode number five. So we got lucky enough that HBO actually let this start streaming early before mm-hmm. the Super Bowl. That was a, a welcome surprise. Yes, a reminder: nice. skip ahead. Two, three minutes, we're going to talk spoilers, True Detective Episode 5. Yes. Uh, So this episode, again, not a lot of action packed into it, but I do think that this was easily the best episode since the first episode, or first Mm -hmm. two episodes, whatever you want to say. Um, But still, not a lot happening, just kind of stuff referenced to. Yeah. Um, And obviously there's only three episodes left, so shit does kind of have to start happening. Um, And now we have, you know, Roland and Wayne getting back together in the 2015 timeline. So we got, you know, stuff happening there. Basically the 1980 timeline was wrapped up. Um, we yeah. found out that the trash man was the guy that they pinned the murder slash kidnapping, maybe kidnapping on, uh, in 1980. And then 1990 is about, uh, them kind of like trying to exonerate. Well, technically they're not trying to exonerate him, but they are because they want to know who actually did it. Um, yeah. and then 2015 again is basically that timeline was just, Wayne trying to remember shit and then getting back together with Roland. Yeah, my two big takeaways were we got more proof that uh, Wayne and his wife are just not a good match and just Mm -hmm. come together on their obsession over this case and their morose love for things like that. Like Their solution to drama and terrible events and fighting is to just have sex constantly. Like They don't have anything else outside of this case. And uh, my other takeaway was that final 10 minutes or whatever those two old two just going at it was like some of the best acting and makeup that I've ever seen like that was that was incredible uh, close yeah to that, that was that was some that was some send it into the Emmys right away kind of shit right there yeah um but yeah I, I definitely agree with that I think that we can probably put to rest the whole theory that the wife might be the murderer slash kidnapper or something yeah she's just overly obsessed and like yeah, needs to be a just, part of it she is like what uh what Mahershala's character says. She is just a voyeur and like, she's a tourist. Yeah. Yeah. just like likes this kind of shit and wants to hop on to, you know, whatever makes her feel like alive. Uh, but that doesn't mean that she did anything wrong in this case. Uh, based on some tidbits that we heard, uh, not just from Roland and Wayne at the end, but also based on Wayne reading, uh, his wife's book, uh, we learned that maybe the mom sent the note or read out, wrote out the notes yep. that the family got, uh, basically saying, like, the, the children are laughing or something. She said the same thing to Amelia. So she um, might have not something – I don't think she has something to do with it, but she might m- know more than she's letting on. Um, something happened with uh, the, uh, the, the cousin or the – the uncle or whatever the yeah fuck the he uncle was yeah. uh, Dan Dan O'Brien or something I think his name was who, like put who's, in the people who's yeah who put in the people poll whose body washed up in a quarry somebody mm-hmm. sometime between like 1990 and pretty sure Wayne and uh, basically his they buddy killed, killed him, him yeah. what it sounds like yeah. uh, and then there's this there's this other guy who I think was like briefly in this episode or in a previous episode his name's like Harris or something who I think is the guy that planted the backpack yeah the Will's cop backpack at, yeah at mm-hmm. Woodward's 
Woodard's house, the trash man's house. Uh, so he might have something to do with it, which kind of explains maybe a potential larger conspiracy, which is sort of similar to True Detective Season 1. So there's still a lot going on, but things are starting to come together. And um, you get the uh, the daughter calling um, the, yes. the, the, the tip line saying, "Who's my? why is this person pretending to be my dad on TV? Please have him leave me alone. And then um, one of her little drifter friends says that she used to talk about being the pink princess in the pink room, which I've watched all of Twin Peaks, and there's this really crazy supernatural room called the, I think it was the Red Room, and it kind of is throwing it back to that. It's just just really creepy, brainwashing, cultish stuff going on, mm-hmm. I'm thinking. Yeah, yeah. Um, so it'll be, it'll be pretty interesting. Should be getting some uh, explosive episodes here in the last few. Excited. Um, yeah. Um, all right. So let's uh, let's talk about what else we've been watching. Uh, I think I have a little bit more than you, so I'll run through my stuff quick here. Uh, Shit's Creek what? is a what? show what? is a show on Netflix. Uh, it was originally on some like random TV channel. This is actually created by Eugene Levy and his son. <laughs> you got me straight um, tripping, bro. <laughs> and uh, this is basically about like a very waspy high-class family that loses all their money because of some shady dealings with, like, their business manager and has to move to a town called Schitt's Creek that the guy, that Eugene Levy bought. He straight up bought the town, like, 20 years ago or something and just kind of, okay. like, never bothered with it. And it's the only thing that he owns now. So they move there and they're trying to, like, get their ship back together. But it's this terrible, like, hick town um, just out in the boonies somewhere. So it's, like, just, you know fish out of water kind of situation but all the characters are pretty funny because they're all just like very high class snobby pretentious people stuck in this situation where no one likes them but they're like they're trying to be nice to them uh his son is also in it his son's actually pretty funny i don't know if his son's been in anything else uh but the whole family's pretty funny on netflix i think it's four seasons i'm through like five episodes but it's four seasons already yeah i've never heard of this show wow i've heard of it but is it a netflix original no, it was on a, like a random. It was on the Pop TV channel or something. Pop like TV, I don't know what that is. yeah. Good lord. Is. Okay. <laughs> uh, I've also been watching Crashing, which is a comedy show on HBO. Oh. Uh, this is Pete Holmes's show. Uh, basically, kind of like semi autobiographical. Uh, basically about him just trying to become like a actual comedian. Um, pretty good. Not a lot more to say to about it. Uh, it's getting like a little bit like raunchier and a little bit more not raunchier, but more serious and like adult e because like he's basically a fucking child in the beginning and now he's like an actual like functioning human uh, and he's a little bit more successful. So it's getting a little bit better now, but uh, overall pretty good. Just had to Google uh, who Pete Holmes is, and I have no idea who that is. Okay, uh, and then I watched two movies. I watched the Suspiria remake, I guess uh, that came out last year. I don't. I don't. I don't even know what this movie was or what was happening in this movie. This Did you see the original? No, I didn't. But apparently, it's different. And in... is this a mother situation where you have just no like you just have no idea what you just watched? Well, no, mother. Worse? I knew what I watched. I just didn't like what the how they did it. Yeah. Um, this I this yes I kind of <laughs> I kind of oh stop barking. No, we're keeping this. That, I kinda, we're keeping that in. Yes, this I kind of. Um, <laughs> hey, Apparently, Carbon didn't like it either. No, he did watch it with me. So, um, but yeah, I don't. It, it's like about witches, and then okay, all right, I gotta deal with this. If you rewatched it, 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 would you take away more? So, like, would you come up? No, with theories? no, 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 no. Because like, I kind of, I don't know. I think it's a movie that's very meant to be like artsy and mm-hmm. just. 
it's just like it's about like witches and like Ooh. shit and but like i don't and then it's like there's it's set like around like these weird like terrorist happenings in like i like turkey or something and the freaking i have no idea i can't even explain it because i have no idea it was just and i didn't like know who was supposed to be like a good character or a bad character i don't i just I, we don't really I just, do art house too much do movies too much so well, I do. I like. I I don't mind artsy movies. It's just this was just. I just don't even like. I can't even give it a rating. Was it I scary? I don't know what the hell was going on. No, not really. Was it gory? Yeah, okay. yeah, it was pretty gory. All right. Should I watch it? Watch. You have to watch this or Mother, one or the other. Okay. That I'll flip a coin. All right. Uh, and then I watched the movie Hearts Beat Loud. Uh, this was a Sundance movie last year, uh, starring Nick Offerman and who played Ron Swanson and Kiersey Clemens, who's been in uh, I don't know a bunch of shit. Um, but this is basically about a dad who runs like a record store um, and his daughter who's going off to college in at like the end of the summer, and basically they like record a song for fun and it takes off and becomes like a hit and it's just like him trying to convince her to stay home to record music and like be a legitimate band with him um pretty heartfelt hence the name hearts beat loud uh but really good music in this um i've been i've been jamming out to like the three songs that they they kind of make in the movie past week what Um, had better music this or sing street uh i mean probably well uh, yeah, I guess probably Sing Street. I could not turn off Sing Street for months. <laughs> yeah, um, but uh, I love this movie. Just uh, very, very just kind of like sweet and nice to watch. Uh, I give it a B plus. So. Nice. Yeah. Well, I watched the Fire documentary on Netflix. You did too, didn't you? I did. I did watched you watch both. the Hulu? You watched the Hulu I one. Did. I haven't knocked that one out. Which one did you? Do? Okay, for those of you who don't know, Fire Festival. Ja Rule and some uh, fake CEO dude who lied about everybody, took investors' money, God, was doing this massive, glamorous music festival on an island. Every All these rich kids show up, and it was an absolute disaster. Nowhere to sleep, you know. Um, no logistics. Um, investors screwed out of money. An absolute disaster. And then the tweet came out. There was a tweet of the meals that were there. It was just a cheese sandwich with some salad. Um this was mind blowing. I loved it. Um, I'm coming from a couple companies and startups that were very kind of pyramid schemey. So I've met people like this who can sell anything, and you think they're these really charismatic people, but you, like in the background, they're just terrible people. Yeah. Um, so this really resonated with me, and I loved it. Which one did you like better? Um, I I liked the Netflix one better just because I think it was just more professionally well done by our, um, by our boys. Was, fuck Jerry. Was, and was more entertaining, um, but it is certainly also a little bit problematic because the fuck Jerry media guys who um, were actually like the main social media people for Fire Festival helps produce it, and even like one of their like board members is in it, or one of their head honcho dudes is in it, like trying to act all somber talking in, in his interviews with it. Um, the the Hulu one at least like helps point out that like the Jerry media people were kind of terrible and like slightly complicit in it. But, um, I don't think it's as like kind of straightforward as they make it seem. Yeah. Uh, and the Hulu one, I think was originally actually supposed to be like a short TV series, but they wanted to cuck Netflix. So they just shot it down into a movie and released it before Netflix did. So, um, either way, it was really funny watching a bunch of rich kids get come to an Island and just have to like fend for themselves and became Lord of the flies situation. Yes. 
Yes, it's just such an absurd situation. I love my. I think my favorite part was the jaw rule on the conference call afterwards. And he's like, "This is not how businesses <laughs> fail. Are we gonna sit here and complain, or are we gonna do something about it? We businessmen. We fucking businessmen here." People, <laughs> you kind of sound like Colonel Sanders. Like, <laughs> like I gotta Falk practice up Lake on my jaw rule impersonations. <laughs> the way um, we... <laughs> uh, I my favorite part. Well, well, I had two favorite parts. Obviously, the one dude who like said he was gonna <laughs> suck to a, go suck some D. Yeah, that was wild. He like seemed proud about it. I was like, okay. Uh, but then Ja Rule. I think this was in the Netflix one where someone's like, "Isn't this like fraud or whatever?" And he's like, "This isn't fraud. This is." false advertising <laughs> yeah. if anything yeah. like, ja <laughs> like rule, ja. that is fraud where's ja uh. oh god um all right that's uh that's it for what you watch and let's talk about velvet buzzsaw um do you even want to do non-spoilers and spoilers i um i have four bullets in non and five bullets in spoilers so it's up to you nah let's just let's just miss it all mish, right well let's give it. a high level over about what yes, this movie's yes. about and then I'll yes. re- no, I'll do my review later. So yeah, so Velvet Buzzsaw. Uh, like I said at the beginning of the episode, from Dan Gilroy, the director of Nightcrawler, starring Jake Gyllenhaal, uh, Rene Russo, Tony Collette, John Malkovich, um, Billy Magnuson, uh, Natalia Dyer from Stranger Things. I think this is the first thing I've seen her pop up in. Yeah, other than Stranger I think, Things. I think same here. Um, basically, it's just a satire slash dark horror comedy. Um, set in the art world uh jake gyllenhaal is like an art critic uh attending installations um basically a variety of other people are work for art houses or museums or are painters or artists or whatever um some sort of like secretary for a collector uh finds a dead person in her building just a random tenant random neighbor goes into his apartment and he has a bunch of these paintings that she thinks are absolutely incredible and are like super kind of dark and weird and so she starts selling them and then bad shit starts happening uh which may or may not be related to the paintings and some sort of evil surrounding them um this was I was like looking forward to this movie? Me I think. Too. Me too. Um, I was hyped for as, it after the trailer. As, yeah, and as like a, as a like very a big Jake Gyllenhaal hand. Story. Yeah, yeah, it's a very big Jake Gyllenhaal hand, especially fan, especially when he's in these weird roles that he's in, which this is certainly one of them. Um, I love those. And Dan Gilroy, even though Roman J. Israel was whatever, uh, Nightcrawl is outstanding. So, um, the premise was great, but it just I didn't. <sighs> Yeah, we could start just, with non, and then I'll I'll tell you when yeah. I'm transitioning. But yeah, it just it just felt like a weird movie that wasn't like really sure. Like it had this idea that it wanted to make fun of art critiquing and like the way that art like fucks with people, whether it's like approved or getting approved or disapproved or something, um, or gives people some sort of se- self worth. Mm-hmm. Um, but then, like, it didn't take it further than that, other than, like, that baseline idea where, like, it crosses over into this satire horror. And then it just didn't really lean enough into being funny or being a horror or, like, the the drama between the characters. And it has this rotating cast of characters where I think Jake Gyllenhaal is supposed to be the person that you root for in the movie. Yeah. But he's not, like the main character enough he kind of investigates stuff that's going on but you only get like two scenes of him investigating it and then it's nothing else and it's just like it's a a mishmash of these genres that 
you know, can work, and then a mishmash of all these characters and their stories that, like, you don't care about. Yeah, Jake Gyllenhaal was good doing his Jake Gyllenhaal things, you know. He played a neurotic gay dude, a reviewer of art, very well. I thought he was great. Um, Like you said, some of the artsy stuff, the banter, that world, it was kind of fun, you know. I'm not privy Mm -hmm. to that world and how people talk to each other and treat each other, so that was interesting. Some of the horror was good and fun, but, like, everything together and it just wasn't fun uh, it was a slaw like i was i was checking my phone you know the whole time and that's never good don't watch the trailer if you have any interest in this movie because every <laughs> single scare in this movie is in the trailer right well i only watched the first minute of the trailer and then you turn so, it off good for you yeah then i turn it off yeah good for you <clears throat> um man that that's like all i have non spoiler it was original that's all i can give yeah. it you know uh, it has the best names f- for characters in like any movie. Jake Gyllenhaal's name is Morph Vanderwalt. <laughs> Vandewalt. Um, I think Rene Russo's name is Redora Zane or some something like that. Yeah. Billy Magnuson has a funny name. He also wears AirPods and like it's absolutely hilarious because AirPods are a huge meme thing now. Yep, yep. Um, and this is like the first movie where I've seen AirPods used, and it's like kind of making fun of him and them. So. Uh, I like that. The the actress that plays the person, the woman that finds, or like starts selling the dude's paintings, yeah. she sucks. She might straight up be one of the worst actresses I've ever seen. Yeah, she was not good. Um, everybody else, I mean, John Malkovich is in this movie for God knows Pointlessly, why. Yeah, yeah. Like literally for no reason. Waste of, I mean, you got to pay John Malkovich a lot of money to be in a movie. <laughs> yeah. Like do something with him. Um, yeah. It, it should have been good, right? Mm-hmm. Um, I can review this and then we can spoil a couple things. Do you have anything else? Uh, no, not really. Okay. Uh, Velvet Buzz- Buzzsaw should have been a hit. It had a great cast, a killer concept, and a director that I thought would be a perfect fit for this crew. In the end, the movie can be defined perfectly as like wasted potential. A handful of really cliche scares, horrible pacing, flat camera work, and a spooky ghost with no discernible rules or intrinsic logic or code make for a pretty bland and uninteresting slog of a movie. And I give it a D. Wow. Um, uh, the only other thing I want to say is uh, all like the costume design and outfits, outstanding. Very good, yeah. Even even some of the art installation stuff was pretty cool, too. Like the spear yes. thing that they had. The spear the, thing was the cool. The hobo man. Um, hobo man was creepy. Yeah, that stuff was pretty cool. Um, I gave it a C-. Okay, so we're close. Yeah. But like you said, it's a it's a movie where I was checking my phone, and at a certain point, I was kind of like, "Can it end? Like, I want to go do something else." <laughs> yeah, let's talk about a couple spoilers here. Um, I guess the only time I thought it was really funny was with that twerpy hipster artsy guy calling a bag of trash on John John Malkovich's floor art. Oh, oh, you mean John Don Don? Who is that? Oh, was that I his name no in idea. the in the movie? John Don <laughs> yeah, Don. Yeah, his name in the movie, John Don Don. <laughs> he just looks like half the people that live in Wicker Park in Chicago. <laughs> Damn it. Yeah. Um, yeah. No, I, I love that part. That was pretty funny. Um, I also really like Jake Gyllenhaal uh, critiquing his casket at yep. his funeral. Yep. Those that two had pretty good. no chemistry, though. Uh, no. Jake G and whoever that main woman yeah. was. None. Well, she had no chemistry with anyone because she sucks. Yeah. All she, yeah, she was terrible. Um, the Stranger Things girl continuously walking in on dead people was pretty funny. I felt bad I like for how her. They did, like, how come they? How come they never brought up like her being a person of suspicion, considering she's the person that always found the dead people? Yeah, yeah. That's that would have been another point. good subplot. Good yeah, the paintings were creepy and good. Yes. Yeah. Yes. 
Yeah. Um, but yeah, they could have done so much more with the scares. And in the end, you get the main girl getting killed by ink. Yeah. And it just I... looked like a really bad 90s CG effect. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <sighs> the, my, I think my biggest problem with the scares was that they kind of cut away from, like, all the deaths. Yeah. They didn't, like, linger on it. Like, at least lean into it. Be gory. Be kind of, you know horrifying to look at or something but they cut away from it and then you just see the after effects of it and it's like yeah and then hobo man i guess okay so this the the bad dude who made all the paintings was he was taking over other people's art and using it to kill people which yes that kind of pissed me off i was like you can't do that yeah. like you can use your art yeah there's no rules yeah there's no rules to this, to this thing and yeah. who he kills it seems like is random there's no rules is it people that are profiting is it people that what? have ever seen it the thing it wasn't people that had ever seen it because uh, basically the the two the two main people that get out of it are the two artists that like respect art and like John Malkovich is but fine. it seems to get to John and Malkovich because he immediately then, starts drinking and then David Diggs who played like the ho- the formerly homeless right. dude that's like in like the collective or whatever turns out to be like like actually appreciates the art and then like refuses to do art for money or something. Um, which that's not it a seemed, very good message it, by the ghost. It's it seemed like it seemed like yeah. Don't it's, profit it's from supposed your to go work. after go after people that are trying to profit off of his stuff, but also like Jake Gyllenhaal was trying at the end not to profit off of it and just like get the word out about like what it's doing to people. But he profits and over putting him. other people's work down. I guess. No, no, maybe. no, 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 no. But the thing is, is like that thing, the, those paintings were only affecting people that were like profiting and off of those paintings. Oh, I know. I I'm with you. They, they, that's why I said <laughs> it's tough to talk about a ghost logic and sound not stupid, but like yeah, this ghost and no logic. And like, there has yeah. to be rules, you know? Yeah. Oh, man. Um, and then they give Jake G an off screen death. You hear his neck snap. I think, come on. Mm-hmm. That scene could have been way creepier too, because the hobo man was creepy, and then they kind of just don't do it. The well hobo enough. man's chasing him down the hallway, and the guy just pins him up a fence, gets and fence, maybe yeah, and gets gets some neck. going, yeah. gets some things going there, and then snaps his neck. Yeah. And then the dumbest death of all. Do you want to talk about Renee Russo's tattoo that says "Velvet Buzzsaw"? That she thinks she's safe. And avoided the painting man's spooky spirits. She got rid of all her art. Got rid of all her art, but she forgot about her tattoo, which was art, Mm -hmm. and it starts spinning, and it Mm -hmm. kills her. Mm -hmm. Could be the dumbest thing I've ever seen. I was hoping there was going to be some better significance to the Velvet Buzzsaw name than just being some shitty, like, indie band that she was in. I thought it was going to be, like, a cool thing, and it was not. Yeah, I thought a lot of this movie was going to be a thing that it wasn't. Yeah, I think I was really hyped for it. The trailer looked good, but the trailer was better than the movie. One of those cases, you know. Yeah, very, very disappointing. Anything else? We didn't have to leave our cou- our couches to see it, so maybe that avoided enough for me. Um, if you had to go pay money to go sit in a theater, would this have really brought it down to a D for you? No, I don't think Still so. Still be C minus. Yeah, probably. Right. I think this might be it. Might have been F territory because it was just bad. But anyway, that's it, man. All right. Uh, thank you for listening. We'll uh, we'll be back next week. I think with the Lego Movie. Are too. we really? Yeah, I okay. guess. Um, or Cold Pursuit, the Liam Neeson movie. Let's do both. Um, yeah. Oh, all right. <laughs> um, 
So we got that, um, and uh, remember to check out Glacier.com for any new content we got there. Follow us on social media, review, subscribe on any podcast listening platform you got, and we will uh, see you next week. Peace.